This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! On the Pip Show with Chris and Xbox Julian Watts, looking back at the past week at all things Leicester City. Right, Chris. All white there, all white the back. How are we doing? How the devil are we all? Yeah, a bit like that. <laughs> Sat in 12th. Um, 
Nine places worse off than this time last season. A must-win game on Thursday. Otherwise, we uh, could be out of it altogether or we could even be playing in the uh, Conference League. It's all going to look a bit tits up, isn't it? It's Leicester Till I Die TV. This is where you can find us, watch us and listen to us. On your favourite podcast platform, or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Indeed, uh, you know I did this as a joke um, a few weeks ago, just for a bit of a laugh. But I actually think it might be closer to the truth than I. My thought. answer is I don't have the first damn clue. Does he? I said at the top, do we need to, uh, does Brendan need to change or do we actually need to change Brendan? Let's face it, six, seven months ago, we would not even have thought that. It's the excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to rumble. I don't know about fun and banter, but on this day in history, yes, we are looking at that again. And do you know what? It's to cheer me up because I don't know if you've got the Bible, as I like to call it. Leicester City on this day, a miscellany. I haven't got to miscellany yet because it's not the end of the year. But um, this this day on the 23rd of November, 1948, what were you doing? I bet Julian can remember what he was doing. <laughs> it's probably much the same as he's doing now. He, he probably was born with a uh, with a wine bottle in his mouth rather than a milk bottle. But you know what? Frank Worthington, God rest his soul. I hope he rests in peace. He was born today in Halifax. He was on this day in 1948. So RIP, Frank, uh, we miss you all. Um, yep, let, let's get him in then. Um he is Leicester's top totty, and this week is the top totty for the magazine Women's Golf. You know, he couldn't have picked it better himself, could he? He likes to play around of golf, and um, <laughs> they have now voted him top totty. Uh, let's bring him in. Julian, you've been sat there waiting patiently. <laughs> How the devil are you? I'm really good, Chris, really good. Did you know there's actually a beer called Top Totty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I must have had a pint somewhere along the way. <laughs> well, yes, yes. <laughs> knowing you, knowing you, you probably did. I've been trying to find it, and whether it's been discontinued or not, but I couldn't couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so tonight, we're going to be looking at what has gone wrong with Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers. Um it's it's a funny one this season, isn't it? I mean, you know, go back five six months, and we would we wouldn't even thought we'd be having this conversation. No, we wouldn't. But you know, in those months ago, we were showing some really good form. Uh, the team was looking good, and you know, we've we've said before that the, the formations chopped and changed as it did again at the weekend, which really puzzled me. And 
Um, you know, is is that the reason? Last year we were forced into a, a formation that we needed to play. It worked, and then since then, we've uh, seemingly done as different players have come back, which mm. have allowed the manager to look at different formations, but they've, they've not really worked out, and it just seems that we've stuttered and faltered right away from the beginning of the season. Good evening, Scott. Yeah, we. I mean, I mean, if you remember the the, the great escape year. Wasn't quite going back to 1948, so it was a bit more, bit more recent. But you know, prior to that, under Nigel Pearson, we'd played played the previous season or so, and you could have picked the team, sort of six games in advance. You could say, "Oh yeah, when we play, sort of, you know, uh, you know, in, in eight weeks' time, this will be how Nigel will set up. This will be his players." And it was, and we stormed the championship. The following season, we struggled. Because Nigel was changing it week in, week out. And it wasn't until sort of towards the end, Mark Albrighton came in and he kind of got settled that it obviously all changed and we did the great escape. But to me, that match at the weekend, you got a Chelsea side, you know, and the commentators were saying this, Tuchel picks his formation and he says, that's it. I'm not changing. I'm not deviating. If I bring a player in, it will slot into that position if he needs to. It's still the same formation. And like you said, here we are, we're changing. It was men against boys. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it was over just before, you know, just as it started or soon after it started. And what puzzled me was that, you know, obviously we went with the back three, which has been working well. But then we go with the top three uh, instead of playing, you know, Madison in the hole behind two strikers. And, you know, again, what I, what I can see is if we're playing a top three, whether it's a back four or a back three, if we're playing a top three, you know, there's no place for Madison. So we're accommodating yeah. Luckman and, and Barnes and they have to perform unbelievably well to make that work. And if they don't perform, then you just kind of look at it and go, why don't we go with Iniacho and Vardy with Madison in behind, which has worked absolutely fantastic for us, yeah. especially against Manchester United. Even when we were stuttering early doors and we went and got the win at Millwall in the Cup, you know, that we went back to that shape that we'd used so well last year. And for me, it's just been that tinkering with the shape. So for some reason, we decided that we needed to match Chelsea on the weekend, like for like shape. Uh, and, and it absolutely didn't work. And, and like you say, they're playing that every week. You know, mm. we're chopping and changing and there doesn't seem to be any settled formation. What a manager has to do is be strong and say, this is the formation. And unfortunately, at this moment in time, you don't fit in it. And as we change things around, you know, maybe make substitutes in games, we might change things around. But this is yeah. our formation right now. And we've not done that all season. And I think that's possibly got, you know, at least a little bit to do with where we are now. But he's got... This is his third season, so he's got time. The players that are there should be the players he wants to fit, like I say, with Chelsea, to fit into that formation. You know, he should mm. be saying, this is my formation, because let's face it, he's had quite a few years at the top, and I know I joke about Scottish football, but he's had, you know, the years in Scotland, the years at Liverpool. So, he, you know, he, he's had those years when surely he knows by now what formation he prefers. And these those players that are there should be his players now. They, they shouldn't, you know. And I think a good manager will put, might go to a, a club to start with and, and pick the formation that suits the, you know, what he inherits. But I think the problem he has got now is the emergence in the last few years uh, of Barnes. The fact that we've, um, you know, we've all said that he spent a lot of money, his own money, or not his own money, but he yeah. was the director of spending the money, you know, on Perez, and you know, mm. probably feels that. 
he, he needs to play him because he's, you know, he spent an awful lot of money on him. So when they become back available or, you know, Barnes suddenly after an injury becomes available, is he then feeling that, you know, this is going to work if I play this way, but I'm going to have to change it because these players don't really fit into the, you know, into the three, four, one, two. And again, that's where I think he, whether he feels pressure to change, he, you know, he obviously feels it's the right thing to do with the quality of players that he's got. But when you do do that, and it doesn't work, you know, the, it, 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 the, the finger is straightly pointed right back at you because we've had a formation that's worked and in the few times we've played it this year, it's worked and we keep veering away from it and and, not, and it's not coming off. I mean, you can't say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, look, you know, look at the injuries we've got to the back four and, and all this, but last season we had worse injuries. I mean, we had, you know, bless him, Christian Fuchs was being wheeled on in his bath chair. Yeah, but played more games than than he had in the previous three seasons put together. So last season, so I don't I don't get this injury thing at all, and I won't use that as an excuse because you know last season we had worse injuries and we were third. This season, and we've got better players now. Is it? I hate to say it, but is Brendan suffering from the same problem as um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester, where he'd got? He'd got the crown jewels, but he just couldn't put it into a crown. And, you know, sometimes, you know, he's, he's gone out and bought better players. We, we, you know, we've said, what a great squad we've got. We look at our our, you know, our substitutes bench, thinking, wow, what a, you know, best we've had for years. Has he got too much choice, literally? Um, I think, like, the early... The early part of the season you know there's like the the injury to Evans which I, th- I will thought of un- unsettled them slightly um but then and that is you know at the time I think is that why he's tinkering with formations because he's worried about which central defenders will fit it you know fitting where um and you know some of the some of the um you know signings haven't worked out and and mm. it, I think that that was unsettling at the start but but again for me you know go back to what works and you're right you know we have got good center backs and and when we did we talk about defending it's not just you know about about the center backs it's about all over the pitch but you know I think we've got you know one of the best strikers in the league we've got you know the best for me box-to-box midfielder in the league. You know, we've got Madison, who's an England player. You know, you look around and there's quality everywhere. Um, and, and it is difficult, you know, to put your finger on it. Uh, and, and that's where you would have hoped that, you know, Brendan would have fixed it right now if he's the top, top manager, you know, that we think think that he is. But you could turn that on its head if I, if I was going to be really harsh, even though I've talked ever so well about him and he's obviously a very good coach. But, you know, at Liverpool, he probably punched a bit above his weight, having Suarez in the squad, who was worth probably 15 points more that season than, it, you know, they, they would have achieved without him. He goes to Celtic. Yeah. Let's be honest, there wasn't a Rangers at the time. You know, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, you know, the tough task that he faces every week in in the Premier League, which is why he came down here and why, you know, Chris Sutton talks lots of tosh at times, thinking yeah. that you're a bigger club than uh, Leicester. That's why Brendan came down here, and yeah. and and that for me there is, you know, is there this final bit to them that that's not quite there as a manager, where you know he can't fathom these problems out when it seems that he's got the right tools at his disposal. I know. I mean. <sighs> Vest, I mean the purchase he had. We, we, we know we, we, you can't plan for injuries, but you know an injury or a suspension it can come along and get you at any time. Unfortunately, with Fafan, it was probably to one of our best players just before the start of the season. Do you think we were rushed into? Because I don't think we'd planned to buy another another central defender, but we went and got Vestergaard. And you could argue whether he is good or bad. 
etc. But do you think we rushed into that? And it was a quick decision, which is good to see because we'd got mm. him in place. But had you got had you had a bit longer, do you think they probably may not have bought him and bought somebody else in? I, th I think, firstly, you know, Vestergaard's a good centre-back. He's shown that, you know, in a previous club that maybe played a different way. And I think he's coming to a team that, you know, we have had this shaky start and it's not all down to him. And as a new player coming into that, I find, I think that would be very difficult for him, uh, mm. you know, mentally. And I think, but to answer that question, Chris, I, I think it was, you know, if, if Brendan says to his scouts, in three months' time, uh, I'm looking at bringing a centre-back in, you know, get yourselves out there, do your homework, Give me some names, you know. I think the question mm. you're asking is, would Vestergaard be one of those names, and, and and possibly not if they'd got the time to go out and do it. But like you say, there was a time constraint. They wanted somebody in quickly. They've obviously had a look at him, but whether it was a hundred percent of a decision or whether it was, you know, we need somebody, uh, yeah. only they will know. But it's uh, it's not worked out, you know, happily for either party at the moment. I mean, you know, we joke, and I was actually quite impressed with. Um, the Ryan Bertrand signing because I thought, yeah, he's got the experience that we've lost with Christian and Wes, um, you know, leaving, you know, he, he, he's been around the block, as they say. Um, but we've got two players in a team that, not just us, but Man United put nine, <laughs> nine past, and we've got half of their defence playing for us now. <laughs> yeah, never Am I being unfair? Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like I say, Vestergaard, he, he's, he's not bad. He's having a tough time. And, and again, with Bertrand, I've always been, you know, quite a fan of his, despite those results. But no, I, yeah. I thought he would and could, you know, still be a welcome addition. And, you know, there's, there's other ways of looking at it. I know Southgate's touched on it with the England team. You know, he's had Carl Walker as a right centre-back. And to be fair to me, I don't think Carl Walker's that defender that you want there. But is Bertrand the one who could slot in on the left of a back three, you know, with Luke Thomas outside him? And I'd possibly like to think that with his experience that that he could do. And it's something that, you know, we've not explored while we've had shortages there and, and probably, mm -hmm. you know, selection problems in that area. Fafana mentioned this. Um... And I don't know how long he's going to be with us because apparently he's already been linked to moving. <laughs> linked. I mean, that's how good the guy is. He's, he's not <laughs> even paid. He's injured and he's being linked, you know. Um, as long as we make a bit of money on him, you know, <laughs> that's all we can hope for. But he mentioned how intense the training is. You know, he can't believe how, how, how intense it is. And all these injuries, because a lot of them are non-match day injuries, and, you know, nobody's gone and dropped a gold bar on the foot or anything like that. So they're all sort of within training. Is that, again, down to Rogers? I mean, we had, was it Dave Rennie, you know, physiotherapist that had been there for years and years and years. Brendan got rid of him, brought his own people in, and we've had nothing but injuries. And the season when we had won the league, we hardly had any injuries at all. Yeah, I think we can only guess on that. But I mean, I know they, they talk about Conte bringing the same sort of um, attitude to training in at uh, Spurs or or wherever he's been to say the intensity in training is is different to what you know the the players at whatever club he's been at have experienced before. But um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, we used to have you know quite intense training sessions and then it would relax, so you had a bit of both, and you felt that there was a nice you know balance in there rather than you know, being, you know, too, too much every day, which I do think can lead to strains, knocks, weaknesses. You know, mm. it's it's hard when they're doing it every 
every day. And then they're having obviously the, the physicality of the, the games and the fitness that they, they must have these days and the physicality, you know, it all sort of weighs on your body. And this is where the body starts to stress and strain and, and you can get these niggles or sometimes, you know, you can get, you know, even worse. So uh, it's possibly something, you know, it's something we can only guess on, I think, Chris, if I'm honest. Maybe it's something that he does he does need to look at. But I'm just saying, you know, this time last season, we when we played 12, 12 games, we were sat in third place. So we were six places better off, and we had 24 points, and we're now nine, we've got 15 this season, we're nine points better off. And they do say that the, you know the table doesn't lie, you know, it, 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 you are where your performances deserve you to be. But yet we are only um, four points off sixth place. We're two points off Man United in eighth. We're not out of it yet, I suppose, technically. We're not out of it, but I don't think we're carrying confidence in performances. And, and I'm, I'm not sure about the points in the other direction, but it seems like there might be a couple of clubs below us that are going to improve dramatically between yeah. now and the end of the season. And I think... That, for me, you know, it's not a bigger worry. I never thought I'd be saying that this season, but I think, unfortunately, we might just be having a look over our shoulder every now and then and hoping that we can nick a result here and there just to, you know, maintain the mid-season. And is it a season where we, like you say, big game on Thursday, mm. if, we, if we lose that, are we out of that? And then it's just really about thinking about next season, which would be a shame when, you know, this time last season, we were, we were knocking on the door and thinking about a Champions League spot. But... And this is why, and I'm sure we'll go on to talk about it, is why, you know, for me, Brendan shouldn't leave the club unless we actually want him to go. Because I think at any other club, you know, if if this was the situation, as we've just seen with Solskjaer, he'd be out of the door. I think, at least at Leicester, if this season was a disaster, he'll still be on here next season to try and put it right. And I think it would be then that if he couldn't put it right, that eventually the owners would have to say, well, you know, this is now a run of two seasons, whereas, you know, any other club is going mm. to go out, this season would be enough and he'd be out the door. I mean, you say, you know, that, that Brendan will probably still be with us, but, you know, we've seen Solskjaer, I think, got a bit of a stay of ex execution because of who he is, with the fact that, you know, he's, he's got that history at the club. But like you say, you know, Watford are coming up behind us and we've got them at the weekend. You know, I never thought Claudio would, you know, is a guy that can drive, take a team away from the relegation zone, but you can't argue with the, with the <laughs> results he's had of recent. Um, Norwich, new manager, win the first game. Newcastle, new manager, draw the first game. Villa, new manager, win the first game. Uh, and even Man United won in Europe. You know, maybe Michael Carrick needs to take the wheel, Rio Ferdinand, you know. <laughs> He's won a game, let him take the wheel. But, mm. you know, you could, and you can say that, oh, yeah, Brendan's done really, really well. Um, you know, and he's got, you know, I think it was Rob Tanner, no, Jeff Thomas, I think it was on Talk Sports, saying, oh, he can't believe how fickle the Leicester fans are. Look at what Brendan's achieved, you know, two top fives, two Europe. Um, I would say Community Shield there, I prefer to call it the English Super Cup and an FA Cup. But then, you know, Claudio had the Premier League <laughs> medal in his back pocket. He went, he didn't even last the season. Yeah. It's and somebody posted in the group a picture, and I don't know if you you know, you remember Scooby Doo where they always used to amass the guy at the end, and there was a a, a, a picture of Brendan Rogers, and the next picture somebody had pulled his mask off, and Claude Prell was under. 
<laughs> underneath. <laughs> and and I get that because when he first came in, Brendan Rogers, we we were back to the Leicester of the yeah up and atom sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And and now it is, it's like Poel too, the return. Um, it is, and you know, I, I think of the top clubs counting us as one. I think we're the least harsh, probably in this sort of situation, and. Um, you know, he has had some success, some good success as well. You know, let's say the FA yeah. Cup in particular. And, you know, as disappointing as it is for fans, I think we might just have to take a season of pain. And I think then you would look at next season and, and that would be the benchmark of, you know, are we being harsh next season? Because I don't think we would be if we were in a similar situation. Because you'd sort of write this season off at some point. You'd be looking at your signings for next season. Where do we need to strengthen um, and and what do we need to do? And I still think, you know, whilst I say that the entire team defends, but I still think we need a, a quality sense half. If we look like losing for Farner, which I would imagine would be for big money, you know, we'd, we'd have to use that money to, to reinvest quite quickly. Johnny Evans has been a fantastic servant. Is he now just getting to that point in his career where, you know, it might be a bridge too far with injuries? I'm not saying he's not good enough because on his day fit, you know, he's yeah. as good as anyone, but are the injuries catching up with him when he's not going to be available for a lot of the season? You know, um, and, and there's other players in there as well. Uh, and like I think Sayunchu struggled with his form this season, probably missed Evans a lot and a, and a steady, and even as young as he is for Farner, he's probably a steady influence on Sayunchu because he knows he's got a great <laughs> sort of, uh, partner next to him. So yeah. they've just really not had that mix at the back. That definitely is is one of the sort of priorities for me. Uh, we do have a great squad around that. Are we looking at, you know, what's going to happen to Vardy next season? I still think he'll go on and on and on. Uh, but, do, you know, do we bring Dakar in more this year and, you know, and have a look at that? Because I still think he's a really exciting prospect. Mm. Um, you know, we saw in the European game, what a finisher. You know, he's not just an athlete that runs onto things. He can finish that lad and he's got some ability. So it's about, you know, sorting out for me where we are. We need to make sure that we're OK this season. And then have that firm focus on on next season, if it, because like you say, we might be six points off the top. But we, I can't really see us, um, you know, getting anywhere near that right at this moment in time with the form we carry. That said, we are only six points off the bottom three as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. like literally six of one and half of the other. Yeah. Uh, just just catch up with some points there, uh, Scott. Hello. Just had my little lad on the side of me who was bopping away at the background music. Uh, loves his football throat. So, hello, Scott's son. I do apologise, I don't know his name. Rich, good evening. How are you, sir? Must be happy. You get a win tonight with a new manager. Um, Rob, Julian was just a glint in his mother's eye. Are you? <laughs> you creep, sir. You creep. Thanks, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> uh, Scott says, hello, Julian. Hi, Scott. Um, I'm very good, yeah. thank you. Hope you are too. And then uh, Rob says that's a 1948 sofa. <laughs> oh, he's an Indian giver, isn't he? He gives you a compliment with one hand and Take takes it away. away with the other. No, I'm in the boudoir, Rob. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> this is his casting couch for his top totty. <laughs> that's what it is. I hope your good lady knows that I only joke about these things, by the way. Uh, Scott says here, lots of injuries and having to change personal formations. Personal change, and I get, but formations should stay the same. We, we yeah, kind of yeah. touched on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brendan, for me, trying to be too kind to players and get them in the team rather than keep the same formation to pick a team that fits that formation. That, I agree with that totally, mate. 
yet. Doesn't help with confidence in the players at a low. Um, Julian, did you at any point in your career feel like not playing and would show your showing your performances? Uh, I never felt like not playing, whatever the circumstances. Mm. But you know, I've had some really you know tough times, uh, tough times with form, tough times results. You know, when things have gone against you. Uh, I mean, I've even played through injuries when I perhaps shouldn't have done, but, you know, we did in those days and we would put ourselves forward. But um, I have had some really, really tough times when I've... Um, I did an interview the other night um, for a friend of mine on it. It's called My Best Eleven uh, podcast for Marvin Johnson. And, you know, I was talking right, to him yeah. about when I when we got promoted at Leicester and I had it in my contract that uh, I would get a new contract if we got promoted. And the yeah. gaffer flat down refused that new, recon- new contract. No. And so yeah. I know straight away then that he doesn't really fancy me in the Premier League. So straight away, I'm on the back foot feeling I've got to prove myself all over again. And, you know, I found, yeah, I always found things like that tough. I preferred a manager who'd give me a cuddle rather than someone who tells you, yeah. you know, what, everything that you were doing wrong. And, you know, unfortunately for me, Martin, you know, was the one who, who, who did it the other way. So, uh, yeah, so I've had some tough times, but never not felt like playing. But it, it can be a lonely place out there if you're not, you know, you're not really in touch with your form and especially if the team's, you know, struggling and can't yeah. carry you through as well. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. Mar- I mean, I think that the the, the Martin O'Neills, the Jose Mourinho's, the Alex Ferguson hair dryers, I think those sort of managers, you can't get away with it these days. I think you have to not manage like that. I don't think players would stand it, you know, mm. especially if, you, if you, he threw a, a, a boot at you. I mean, looking at, at Ollie at the weekend after the Watford game, and he went up to applaud the uh, the fans, and you had Bruno coming behind him, and sort of going like, you know, it's us as well, blame us as well. I mean, they, they say once the players go over that white line, the manager's got no control. But the book stops with the manager. And, you know, I can't blame the players um, at Leicester because this is basically the same players that we had the last couple of seasons. We haven't sold anybody in the summer that we didn't want to let go. Um so, you know, to me, they were good enough last season. We've added better players in the window. Why aren't they this, as good this season? Is it just about the other teams that are catching us up? I, th- I think there is a bit of that, I've got to be honest. I mean, you know, we, we've seen um, West Ham, but not just this season. Obviously, last season as well, had a very strong mm-hmm. season. Uh, and they have got probably a really good 11 or 12, maybe not so much outside that, but while they're all fit. You know, um, they're a difficult team. You know, Vieira's coming at Palace, which you, you could might think after the first few results, so is that such a good, you know, um, acquisition of a manager? But he, he really has turned that around. And, and they look a danger, you know. Obviously, the performance against us, but, you know, other teams, they, they're on the front foot. They're getting the results now after a shaky start. And another team that normally would be, or have been in the last few years, around the bottom of the table and, we'd be thinking if we're going down to Sellers Park, we're going to come away with three points. And if they would come up here, then, you know, it'd be even easier. But that's absolutely not the case this year. And then as we've talked mm-hmm. about, you know, Ranieri at Watford, who's going to change that around, he's going to make them very difficult to beat. Uh, and, and obviously, Eddie Howe, I'm a big fan of, who's, who's gone at Newcastle. And I'm sure he'll have a few quid to spend in uh, in this next window. And I'm sure he's already got his eye on who he wants to sign. And he's inherited three of his ex-Bournemouth players as well. And there's one or two players there who I'm sure will stay a bit integral part of what he does. And he just needs to add on to the fringe of that. 
Uh, and, and I'm sure you'll see a, quite a big upturn from them. You could see at the weekend how much they were on the front foot with the three goals, although unfortunately, you know, they conceded three, but total different way of playing to, to how they had done under Bruce. And, and again, with ourselves, I think, it, for me, it's, we, you know, we, we've said it a couple of times tonight, so now I'm repeating myself. I think for me, it's the tinkering with formation. I totally agree. I think it was Scott who's just said is that, you know, we're accommodating players, whether the, you know, the gaffers bought one in. We know that. We've had Harvey Barnes who's come through and been absolutely amazing. We've brought in Luckman, who I think is a fantastic player. Yeah. If we've got a formation that's successful and they don't quite fit into that right now, they have to sit on the bench by the time, and it might be that during a game, it's better tactically to go to a different formation and introduce one of them, you know, and, and, and then change things up a little bit if we can see something that needs to be changed. But for me, we, we've played well with Madison behind the front two and, and a, a very tough front two to, to play against because it's not a trendy formation at the moment. Everyone plays a, a lone striker bar, you know, maybe two or three clubs. But when you've got two strikers that offer everything that Vardy and Ineacho do with the physicality and the speed and the understanding mm -hmm. they've got with, you know, Madison feeding them, you know, why don't we play that way? I, I, you know, that's something I've really puzzled with in it, particularly at the weekend against Chelsea when we, when we swapped it, still had the back three, but just changed, tinkered that top three. And I, I didn't think it made any sense other than if you thought I'm matching them up and it, it definitely yeah. didn't work. I mean, th this is... Um kind of worries me a little bit. This is our season so far. Now, I'll read it out because it's only small, so you probably... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've got glasses on and I'm struggling, to be honest with you. I do have the advantage of having got it large on a different screen. I am cheating. A um, couple of very worrying points in there. So we've, We're in 12th position. We've, we've only kept one clean sheet all season. You know, and that was... That was probably only because Wolves didn't have the shooting boots on. Mm. You know, I chance, and I don't know how they work these things out, but it's the Premier League stats, so they must be doing it in some way. Chances created per match were 1.08. So we're basically one decent chance a match. Even Watford are 1.42. You know, mm. <laughs> they're better than we are. You know, we're conceding, you know, more goals than they are. Um, our average goals per match is equal. It's just that whole, like I say, performance. And do do the players need to look at themselves, or do the players need to turn around and say, "Look, Gaffer, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you um, was it was it Bobby Robson in the World Cup, and it didn't really start very well for us. And the rumours were that the players took him aside and went." Look, Bobby, you know, we want to do this, we want to do that. And he listened, took it on board and got us to the uh, to the semi-finals. How true that is, I don't know. But is it time for some of the, you know, the big, you know, the Schmeichels and, and, and the Vardis to say, look, Gaffer, <laughs> what's happening? We need to, to do something here rather than just say, toff the hat, get the paycheck and drive home in the fancy car. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I think everything that that we see and, you know, they do the analysis after games, I think, you know, Brendan obviously sees that and, it, and it's just how they're addressing it. And I mean, at the moment, I'm not sure which player could step up and speak to the gaffer in that manner because I don't think there's any real one player, apart from Tielemans maybe, who's actually performing for the shirt, you know, in, yeah. in, in a manner that we all think, yeah, do you know what? He's got something about him. He might be able to go and speak to the gaffer because... Really, everyone else has been making mistakes. But this, for me, it's entirely 
with the manager. You know, he can't help mistakes on the pitch. You know, someone miskicks it, you know, and it creates a chance. There's not a lot you can do about that. But the startling stack stat for me and what you've just shown me was the one clean sheet because without that base you can't win anything you're not going to be successful especially in the Premier League if you are not difficult to beat and I think we look at the other side of it and then spin it on its head and it's that you know they're creating 1.08 I think it was and it I think we're a bit too patient you know with the ball sometimes and I'm a, I love possession football but it needs to be possession with a purpose if you watch Chelsea if you watch uh, Man City, you know, if you watch Liverpool, there's a lot of purpose about, um, you know, the way they move the ball very, very quickly. So they keep in possession. But, you know, I've also seen Liverpool being quite direct at times, you know, but they, they, they've got an understanding of the front three that they all get around each other. They pick the pieces up. And if it does go along, they all know where to be to get the second ball. And we don't seem to we don't seem to look for that longer ball at any point, which you need to do to stretch the pitch and make it bigger for to then find the space in between the lines. So, you know, it, it's just that we get the ball and it's it's pass, 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 pass. And for me, there isn't a lot of I don't see a lot of purpose to it in the fact of going and scoring goals. And these days, teams will get behind the ball. You know, they'll be nice and comfortable. They wait for you to make a mistake. And hence, for me, that's why we're not really creating much. I mean, there are twenty teams in the division. Do you know how many teams have actually conceded more goals than us? Two. And you know they are Norwich and Newcastle United. And now yeah. you know, and we're supposed to have this amazing defense. And yeah. I know Schmeichel can't do everything, you know. He he's only a goalkeeper. Yes, they can pull off, you know, some saves when when you know a defender's dropped the minute. Not that defenders obviously drop the minute, Julian. I wouldn't accuse any defender of, of doing that, of course, you know. But if a defender makes some trips over the ball or whatever, but he <laughs> to concede so many goals when you know we haven't and I look at it and, and this is down to Brendan because I watched, I think, I think it was the first or the second Chelsea goal. We didn't kick it out, so we passed it as we do, farting about at the back, playing it about and passing it out. And eventually it went out for a throw-in to the other team, still in our own half, and then Chelsea went on and scored from it. And you're like, if we want to lose the ball, why not just kick it upfield? And I know, you know, you could lose it because you might not get to the, to the ball or whatever, but at least we're losing it in their half. And and we couldn't even pass it against Chelsea. You know, passes were going behind players and out for a throw-in. You know, do they realise we were playing in blue? Did they think Chelsea were playing in blue? Because we couldn't... It was like watching somebody that was trying to play FIFA for the first time. Because they couldn't pass to their own players. And these are the basics and not what I expect from an FA Cup winning Premier League team. And that has got to be down... To the manager, the book stops with him. Yeah, I mean, I think Chelsea pressed really well. You know, that's no excuse. But this is, again, why I would prefer someone, you know, so on, on uh, the weekend, with the way they played with the three up top, obviously the two wide guys were dropping back in to help out, which leaves Vardy up top on his own, um, you know, against the three. So, you know, the long ball isn't, you know, going to be successful in in that moment but that's why mm. you know why not have the two strikers on the pitch why not look a bit at Kalichi and be a little bit more direct at times and even if it's when we still want to play out from the back but we just change it up every now and then if you know we've got a bit of time on the ball let's look for that longer ball and see if we can create something from it and that that creates a little bit of indecision 
you know, in the opposition. But when they know for a fact that every time we get the ball, um, we're, we're going to try and play out, they can really get on top of us with a lot of confidence that we're not going to go in behind them. And it just it, it just breeds confidence in them to come and close us down even more. And I think, you know, that's what you saw first half. And then, you know, the second half was an absolute canter. I'm just um, going to bring up a few results here that I want to need now. This is this is even without Europe. We'll come on to that in a second. But you know, we managed to beat the bottom team who couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag two one. We were lucky. We got two two against Burnley. Thanks, thankfully to VAR. Otherwise, we'd have lost that one. We managed to get two goals against Palace against the run of play and let them back into it. Leicester, Arsenal, we just didn't wake up. We didn't set the alarm clocks for that one. But then we come to Chelsea, exactly the same, early kickoff, went two behind. And I'm thinking, right, second off, we're going to come out and have a go at him like we did with Arsenal. Probably wouldn't have got anything still because when you're 2-0 down, it's hard to come back. But it just never happened. We were just, you know, it was 90 minutes of absolute garbage. I know. And again, you know, I will say, Chelsea, excellent team, deserve to be where they are, top of the league. And I, I do think it is tough for them at the moment. You know, you look at that run of games and the disappointments along the way and, the, you know, there isn't really the bright spark, is there? You know, getting just getting over the line against Norwich, you know, is not really a season high, although at the moment it's looking like it could be. But um, I, I do think, you know, they're in a tough place mentally as players, as a team, you know, the conceding goals week in, week out, strikers are getting frustrated, the formation's changing, you know, it doesn't, um, you know, seem to be, anything doesn't seem to be working. And that's where, you know, again, the formation, stick to one, go at it week after week after week. You know, we've seen it work, why not stick with it and, and just persevere for two or three games and, um, you know, and, and see where we where we are after those two or three games. And then obviously you have to reflect on it again. But you know, if yeah. that doesn't work, then, you know, was sort of kind of thinking what happens next and what can Brendan do? But this is where he, you know, he really, really earns his money, not last season chasing yeah. down the Champions League. It's in these difficult moments where, like you say, you know, a horrible run and everyone picking up below us and it could be, um, you know, squeaky bum time at the end of the season. Let's hope he's yeah. not. And let's hope that we sort ourselves out sooner rather than later, obviously with this weekend being a massive game. Anthony says here, Arsenal fan, welcome along, Anthony. Nice of you to join us. Horrible <laughs> all round losing this weekend. You feel you feel our pain, don't you? You feel our pain. Uh, Rob says here, Chelsea are battering Juve, so they're on a different planet. They are on a different planet. Yeah. But you know what? Fans will forgive players a lot of things. You know, we were bottom during the Great Escape year, and I've said this many, many times. I was doing an eight an eight hour round trip every every home game to see them, and they were losing and losing and losing. We were bottom of the league, but do you know what? We were battling every single game, and I said that's brilliant. That as long as they're battling, they're giving all that they can. Can't expect to win all the time. It's when they don't seem to have that passion. Now, you know, you, as a player, Julian, you don't go out thinking, "Oh, I can't be bothered." Or do you go out thinking, oh, "I can't be bothered today"? I'm not. You know, if you're feeling a bit off, you have a word with them and say, "Don't play me. I'm I'm feeling a bit off or whatever." But you don't go out saying, oh, I "Can't be bothered today." Surely, and I just are we missing a leader in the dressing room? Just what? You'd think there are a few in there. You know, you look at Schmeichel, you look at you look yeah. at Vardy. 
Uh, Evans, if he's about, even though he's injured. Um, I mean, Tielemans is only a young man, but he's got a massive mm. voice on the pitch and you would assume, you know, that's the same, same in, in the changing room. So, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I agree with that, but it, it, it's that thing of now, I think sometimes it's the, like I say, the run we're on. But I think on, on the game that went against Chelsea is that they, they were just they were better than us in all departments. And while it might look like Worcester, I mean, it's just that we couldn't get near them. Uh, when we had the ball, we were pressured, they pressured as well. They play that formation every week. They know mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing without thinking. And I think it just looks worse sometimes because, you know, players, I, I can't ever remember a player going out and, and you know, not trying. It, it, it's just one of those things. That's the, and we all know as players that the one thing that, you know, the fans will forgive is if they see you running around, putting a tackle in every now, you know, you might yeah, get one okay. tackle in, in 10, but you know, when you go and clatter someone, it, it yeah. gets the crowd up and they can see that, you know, the effort that you're putting in. And I think at the moment, you know, the Premier League such a high level at the moment that when we do play a really good team, it, it is difficult sometimes to get close to them. And that doesn't, you know, we're not helped in the fact of where we are now as a team, which is it, it looks like we're down in the doldrums and, it, you know, we need to snap out of it. And at the moment, it doesn't seem like there's an obvious or magical answer. Not, I guess, but I, I, I know what you're definitely saying. Chelsea were on a different planet. And and if we, you know, we, we've had this in past seasons against like Manchester City and, you know, Liverpool always seem to sort of put three or four past us. If it, if it was like, now and again, I'd kind of understand it, but you know, we're, we're, that's happening against Norwich. I mean, for God's sake, you know, put, put your kids' team out against Norwich. They could have beaten them in the uh, <laughs> earlier season. You know, and then this wasn't happening last season. We were top five. I know a Liverpool fan said to me, he said, like, it's almost like Brendan's got this third season syndrome when he seems to sort of tail off. He said it, it, and I didn't think it happened that much at Liverpool, but it, 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 he said it did. Uh, I like you say it's Celtic. We've got to forget Celtic because there was yeah. just nobody that that was touching him uh, when he was up there. But you know, this is his this is his record here, and you know, again, the advantage of me having a second screen here. You know, at Watford, he was his win percentage was forty two. All right, twenty six at Reading, but it was forty five at Swansea. 50 at Liverpool, 70 at Celtic, and it's 50. And I thought it would be a lot better than 50, but it's only 50% at Leicester. Yeah, you know, it's, you, you can see there, I mean, it's it's quite consistent. And, and again, I think you, you have to take Celtic out of the equation. And I think a little bit, you have to take, you know, Liverpool had some great players at the time and they were, yeah. you know, fairly dominant. And I, like I've, I've said it time and time again about the Suarez factor. So, you know, maybe that that is a little bit false. And, and you know, right now, you know, like you say, you're surprised it's not higher with, with what we've done. But, um, you know, I think a lot of that obviously has capitulated this season and dragged that stat right, you know, right the way down. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's down to Brendan now. He's got a lot of work to do. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation surrounding him. And you think sometimes, you know, why are they bothered when they're seeing, it? <laughs> you know, the yeah. state that, you know, or our results are at the yes. moment? Why are they yeah. so interested? Or is the belief that with, you know, a supposedly better camp of players, he will actually uh, uh, do it? I actually went on Google the other day, and I, I, I've got it. I've, I should have brought it up, actually. But, you know, you know when you, like I've just searched then, like Leicester City managers. So you search Manchester United managers, and they, they've, gone, they've got all the pictures across the top. And it went, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, 
Brendan Rogers. I'm thinking, bloody hell, already. <laughs> That's like, but, you know, the room. The rumors are that he has got a, 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 a clause in his contract that if what if certain clubs come in for him, he would be allowed to go. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a poison chalice at Manchester United. I do believe. Um, I think that they are to me remind me very much of Liverpool. They won everything for like 20 odd seasons on the trot and then they're going to go a long time before they can but it's Man United Um, I don't think it worries managers when they go to these clubs anymore because they know that if they don't do well and they get sacked they still you know they get the big payoff so you know Jose Mourinho could live off his you know sacking fees that he's had yeah would Uh, would he go do you think um, I've said before on this show, I think it'd be foolish if he did because I don't think he's ready for that yet. I don't think he's ready for, I don't think he's prepared for what he's going to walk into and, and the job at task. I mean, like, you know, you can look back and say, you know, David Moyes, it was a dream job for him, but you, you know, you've just following the most successful manager, you know, of all time. It, it can only go one way. It's so difficult to carry on that mantle and, command the respect that, you know, Sir Alec Ferguson had at, had at Man United. And, um, you know, for me, it's been a bit of a poisonous, poisonous chalice ever since then. And I think even now they've got so many issues in the team that, you know, it's still a long-term fix. While they should be getting better than the results that they have been doing, particularly one against Watford, you know, you've got Rashford. Is he a striker? Is he a winger? Martial, exactly the same. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they brought in Ronaldo. Did Solskjaer want to sign Ronaldo? Because Ronaldo is a massive personality. Yeah. First thing you think it is, oh, blimey, you know, I've got to, I've got to manage that. And, or for me, Oli Solskjaer will be thinking, I've got to keep him happy. And that's yeah. not really a great place for a manager to be in. You've got Fernandez just in behind that, who is absolutely such a talented guy. But from every time I've seen them lose and they do the analysis after the games or a match of the day, it's about them not being able to press on the pitch. And he's yeah. not a presser, you know. There's no, there's yes. no way, or he might be, but he's not being instructed to be. And they found that that teams come through as we did at home. You know, we came mm. through so so easily. So the Man United job, it, it's full uh, of problems for me at the moment. That I don't see an easy fix. You know, I really, really don't. Even with the players that they've got, uh, I don't know. I know Van der Beek started tonight, uh, and Sancho started tonight, and actually looked really lively, but. Uh, you know, there's there's still conundrums all over that pitch about who's the who's the best starting eleven, and then you've got Fred for me who's not been doing it, Matic for me who's coming towards the end. Matters there, used you know rarely, but still a time to play. But again, wrong side of his career, and you've got to look at them replacing all those players, see what's coming through. It, it's it's such a big job, and I think it's going to be like you say. I think if the right manager maybe turns that round, but in, in minimum. Uh, a year. I, I can't mm. see someone coming in and going bang, hit the ground running, right, result, result, result. They'll get better results, but I don't see them, you know, challenging where they should be challenging straight away. I, I just think that as a um as a job, you know, if I was Brendan, how often do the big jobs come round? This is what we know we knew when he came down you would probably move on somewhere eventually. But the, the fact that it is Manchester United, and when you look at my God, you know it's like it's like you know you no disrespect, but you know a, a car salesman thinks, oh, shall I go and manage the local larder showroom or oh the BMW want a sales manager? <laughs> well, you know that you got, and I can see the attraction, but 
Whether they would actually want him at the moment, of course, is another fact. You know, Oli actually finished above him for the last two seasons, mm. um, although obviously he's got a couple of trophies to his name. Anthony here says, what is wrong at Leicester? <laughs> Where do you think we can improve that? Just what we've been talking about. Uh, Rob, a good point here, and I'm, I was going to bring this up later, but a good point, Rob. Yeah, I think Tillemans will be gone. I think yeah. he will be. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. I, agree. I, mean, I don't know if you saw the game at the weekend, but Tillemans was obviously injured. Um, he sat again, <laughs> another injury, but he sat in the stands and the camera went to his face. My God, that face could have boiled water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You know, I think, you know, um, you know, you've got De Bruyne uh, and one or two others, but you know, for me, he's right up there with them. Absolutely yeah. right up there with them. And a classic box-to-box, intelligent, gaffering games at 23 years of age, whatever he is now, you know, directing traffic. You know, we've all heard the manager say that he's the manager on the pitch, which is like unbelievable for someone of his age and at the level he's at. And, you know, he will be, he will be one to, to want to leave if, if you know, we, we continue continue in this vein of form and, yeah. and finish mid-table, particularly if it went on again next season, it'd be first one knocking on the door. So that's the other problem we've got. And, you know, for Farner, if he leaves and then Tielemans goes and all of a sudden you've got big holes to fill that it's took us quite a few years to get to where we are. And I think yeah. it'd take us quite a few years more to get back to it again if we did lose these players. I think, it, it like you said, it depends on the players. If you look at Mahrez, you know, he went and he didn't get regular game time at Man City. He was just a big fish in uh a, you know it's like it's like you know he, he was a big fish in the mediterranean but now he's in the atlantic it's a hell yeah. of a bigger bond same with uh, jack grealish you know i mean a billion pounds and he sat on the bench and doesn't come on in the derby it, mm. it you know whether but whether it's whether players look at that or not and anthony and scott are saying there in the chat in you know, about getting other players in We've got new players in, and I don't think at this point, until we lose people, that bringing extra players in is going to make the difference because we know what these players can do. We mentioned Europe earlier, and I hate to say that it was a we lost a, <laughs> we lost in a European game, and that was the end of Claudio, and we were on a bad run then. Now, like I say, we maybe not, you know, we're not quite as low down as we were when Claudio went, but uh, and that was playing abroad. But we've got, you know, if we don't win, and I'm just, I haven't got it up on the thing, but if we don't win here, that will give Legia, let's say Legia beat us, that will give them nine points. If Napoli win, which you presume they will, that will give them ten, and we'll be sat on five. So the best we can hope is that Spartak Moscow are on four can actually won't, won't get any more points. Otherwise, we could literally finish bottom of the group and be out of Europe altogether. Yeah, it's been, you know, again, I was disappointed last season with it, with this sort of European mm. uh, tour that we had. It was, uh, I felt when we came back back home last year that we'd, we'd you know, we'd get the results and, and we didn't. And, and again, it's been disappointed this season that, you know, the I think when they talked about, well, just before the kickoff of kickoff of the uh, Europa League this year, the talk was that us and Napoli were the favourites to win it. Yeah, and, and, and quite probably at the time, quite rightly so. And it, obviously, as time's gone by, it's proven not the case. So you know that that is a disappointment. I mean, whether a, 
you know, do you want to do, do we want to carry on in it and, and see how we get on, or do we want to come out and, and concentrate on making the league position right? It, it is a conundrum because if you go and win the Europa League, people say, well, great, you know, why would you, why would we not want to do that? But I would only want to do that if we could manage the league as well, and it's whether we can manage both at the, at the moment in time. And like I say, I'm quite worried at what you know, like we say, we're, we're, we're six points of uh, either total success or utter failure. Totally, 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 and and you beat me to it, really, because I was I was going to say, is it is it going to be such a bad thing if we do go out and we can then, as they say, concentrate on the league? Um, I, I, you know, if we get, you know, people said to me, oh, what's going to be? What would you, you know, would it be a disappointment if you, you know, didn't finish top five? And I said, no, you know, if we won ten and finished about tenth and won Premier League. Uh, sorry, won the Europa League. Mm. I'd be happy with that. I can't see us winning the egg and spoon race this season. <laughs> no. And that's what it's become. And like you know, like I said, it's it's do we do we concentrate on that? You know, the daft thing is you might have a good run in the Europa League, but you know, if you pick up a few injuries on these away days and things like that, and then we come back and we're you know facing another Premier League team at the weekend, and you know, one or two more injuries to add to what we've got. And again, it, it just looks like a really big task. So, I mean, the, the be all and end all now is, you know, mid-table me- mediocrity, I think we'd all take right now. I definitely would. I would absolutely right now, if someone said guaranteed finishing 10th, uh, but, you know, you're out there, you're open league, I'd take that right now. I'd shake their hands and uh, deal done. Uh, but, you know, we'll just have to see how, the, how this week play, plays out. Like I say, that the game and then the, the big, you know, what is now going to be a massive game at the weekend, which you know, a month or so ago, we'd be thinking three points and we might be get back on a decent run here and start climbing the table again. It's And then Watford have been a bit funny. You know, they've had a, a good result, a bad result, a good result, a bad, you know, and then obviously the results at the weekend. But they have looked, um, you know, quite dangerous, especially on the break. I know Claudio will have got them really, really well organised defensively. Um, and the only good thing is, is he inherited a squad that I don't think was fantastic, apart from one or two sort of, uh, you know, decent players in that. So, and he's got that to work with. But, um, you know, if, on the worst case scenario, we don't win that game. You know, we, we come out the other side of it and we, we get beat. Then it, it's, we really will in, in you know, six days time be thinking, oh dear, this is uh, going to be, you know, a bit tight, I think. So, yeah, whatever well, happens in Europe happens. But for me, we've just got to make sure that we, we start picking some results up and the sooner the better. I mean, even, even the... the... Amazing, like Daka gets four goals in one game, but that you know that overwrote the fact that we were three nil down, you know, yeah. <laughs> or sorry, we were two nil down. I yeah. probably, I think, at that point, and and you're thinking like, well, you know, it wasn't maybe such a good result. Yeah, we got four goals. Yeah, we got the three points. But again, it comes back to the performance. But I'm going to put another another idea across to you, um, taking it now devil's advocate roles, but. We'll take a quick break and um, can I just say how, how pleasurable sometimes it is to own fans of other clubs. This is what it's this is what it is like to own fans of other clubs, guys. <laughs> but one thing was good was the ESL woke a lot of us up. Oh, yeah. 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 And then the best part is right. With the ESL, right, a lot of us had one common goal. It doesn't matter we're from Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, you know, all the big six teams. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, maybe one day uh, it will <laughs> include you into the... <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you won anything, mate? 
Uh, right, no, it's fun. Six it's years. Fun. Six years. Yeah. Six years. Do you know? I I I I I can't think that's only got dust in it. Yeah, I know. I know. I I can't think that too. Yeah. You you got that. Big up to you guys. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying. It could happen to your club too. The way we're run and our tactics right now, we would be relegated right along with you. We don't want anything again. It's not about football anymore. And 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 uh, you guys probably won't remember because we we've won the title more recently than any of you guys. But when we won the (laughs) when when, (laughs) oh god, I'm gonna clip that, please. I've got a spurt on. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was me, two gunners, a Spurs, yeah. and a Man United fan. And Top yeah. bands, Chris. Top bands. I know. Right, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even my show. I was only on as a guest. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> and taking that from a Spurs fan, no, no way. No way. But before we just come to a couple of questions uh, on this from, from, from the viewers, playing devil's advocate... And yet I'm disappointed, and we do take th- take a step, seem to be taking a step backwards. And we know expectation fuels, uh, I'm sorry, success fuels expectations. And the better you do, the better you want to do. And like you said, you know, were we kind of punching above our weight? But is this season maybe a, a kind of a reality check season? I think I've possibly said this before to you. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, a Okay, you know, you've had two top fives. Well done, guys. You know, you're not quite there yet. You've won the FA Cup and Charity Shield. Now, just take it, have a season, gather it together, and then come back again stronger. Yeah, I do. I think it's a, a massive reality check for us as fans, um, you know, because we did have expectations. You know, we spoke on this show or other shows before and said what we expected, um, you know, this season. And we all, we all, uh, pointed towards it being better than it actually is, you know, and, and, it, and it hasn't been, you know, we all have to sort of take that on board. Um, and, you know, it's going to be about rebuilding and about which players we bring in and about what targets we set next year. But, you know, this season is going to be disappointing. I can't see it getting any, any a lot better. I think a nice thing would be a good run of games that sort of just put us around that top eight or just outside of that top eight. So, uh, I think that's the best we can hope for at the moment. But I think as fans, if we can see a plan, you know, we could probably take this season on the chin. I think if it drags into the next season, that's where it becomes a huge, huge problem for, you know, everyone involved with the club because, you know, I don't think the supporters would take that and quite, you know, quite rightly so. And I don't think that, you know, the club would. But right now, we've just had one of those faltering seasons. And as we've all said, we're always disappointed if we're not considered top six when, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham have recently not been so, so so successful. But again, a reality check on that. And I always said they're considered top six because of the history of being there and thereabouts for such long periods of times. And this is where we're just having a bit of our blip. Can we show what a great team and squad and manager and everything else we've got and, and come back next season and say, yeah, we had a bit of a blip, but, uh, you know, we're back again now and we've regrouped. Just looking there, Terry's saying, and I'm just trying to, to have a look at this now, um, Warsaw have only had one win against lower league opponents since last play in Leicester. They dropped into the relegation zone and manager sacked. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's nice to see that's happening to a team that's in our group. Yeah, well, yes. But, <laughs> but, but, but then, of course, this is Leicester. 
and we'll, they've probably brought a new manager in and we'll, we'll suffer from the new manager back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are actually Terry, that Godum, they, they, and I haven't, I've actually got the pre preview show tomorrow, but I haven't done any. Think I've not. I had my had my uh, booster jab along with my flu jab at the weekend, and and it knocked me for six. So I've kind of hardly done anything. And this is their lack. They, they've lost, lost, won, lost, 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 lost. They are down in seventeenth out of eighteenth. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I can't them. get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it's it's not um, yeah it's not uh, it, it may 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 maybe maybe we can do something with that who knows but yeah I do as I, I I do I do get that that feeling that maybe we've got to um, I, I can't believe I say the, the if you do I want Brendan Rogers to go and you know we've got to say. It's always the manager that takes the blame, whether the players are bad or not. And I don't think the players, like you say, they're only following what they're told to do. I don't want him to go, but if he went, I kind of wouldn't be disappointed. Um, I think with that, it's, it's who do you bring in? Uh, and right now, you know, I mean, I mean, there is, a, I'm sure there's, there's options, but I think for me now, for the club that we are and the club that we've shown ourselves to be in the last few years is that, you know, we we give Brendan all the support we can. The club does, and and we we you know have faith in his ability because he is a good coach, a top top coach, to turn it around. Uh, and like I said, this season is going to be one to take on the chin. And it's if it continues past it and nothing's done, and there aren't new signings made, and we can't see you know any any progression in certain players leaving the club and certain players coming into the club and looking like positive steps forward. So um, you know that that for me would be. Uh, the, the sort of signal that maybe he has come to the end of his tenure. But right now, I think we just get behind him and, you know, like I say, hopefully he's uh, good enough to turn it around and I'm sure he can. Indeed, indeed. Um, question here then. Let's go to a couple of questions in there, uh, in, in, the, in the comments. Terry says, uh, a manager can't be seen to walk out of clubs too often. <laughs> Tell Jose. So if they wanted to be sacked, would playing guys out of position and in a new formation help to get a sack in after a few games? <laughs> uh, it's an interesting uh, point, Terry. Very, very cynical, by the way, as well. But, uh, <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't know a manager who's, who's ever done that, but I think it, they, they can't be seen to walk from too many clubs. But I, I think, you know, the compensation side of things, as we've talked about a lot, is that, you know, if he if he did decide that he was going to make the brave decision and, and literally walk out of the club to, to go and take something that he thinks is bigger, um, mm. that he would be well compensated if it didn't work out well. But, but the sad thing for me would be that if he did leave here, go to Man United and it didn't work out, where does he go, you know, after that? Mm. Because, you know, he's not he's still not going to get a top club. You've got us there and thereabouts. You know, David Moyes at West Ham doing a good job. You know, there's not a lot of places for him to go after that. And he could look back in a few years and regret it, despite the bank balance being uh, much healthier. Indeed. Uh, words and pictures, West Ham fan, good evening, sir. You're most welcome. Uh, he, he, and that's probably a little bit why you uh, why you liked my banter before, being a West Ham fan. <laughs> the fact that I was having to go at Arsenal <laughs> and Tottenham fans. Uh, he basically is touching on what, you know, would we benefit from a new manager coming in? And he said, I'm torn here because although he's doing bad, he's, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a damn good manager. Look what he's achieved so far. 
Uh, he keeps saying he's committed to Leicester. He's turned down Newcastle. Whether he can turn down Manchester United, I don't know. You get a new manager in, and you're just going to start things over again. You know, how, how many years have Man United wasted in mm. chopping and changing the manager of Watford? A new manager comes in, I want my own players in. Mm. I've got my own form of, of, of how I play. And I know it kind of works in the Italian league, but what, whatever happened to these five-year plans and six-year plans? There's there's no patience and said it a lot on here before. It's you know, it's the problem is is the money that you know you win or lose despite you know, depending on where you finish in the league. And you know, clubs look at that and they're they're very quick to make these decisions because you know, allegedly Solskjaer's got a seven and a half million pound payout and they've not even blinked to sack him, you know. And for yes. me, that's a lot of money, but it's obviously you know, changed down the back of the bloody sofa for, for Man United to just sack him and, yeah. and paying that out, although it has, I suppose, been coming. But it's not long since he signed you know a new contract, so should they be more savvy on what contracts you know they're handing out in the, in the first place? Um, so I, I think right now, I think we could look at it and we, we could be sat here in four weeks saying. So glad he stayed. What a great job he's doing! Or oh my god, I wish he'd have gone. You know, <laughs> yeah, or, I wish he'd have gone. And that's just that's just football. We we, we yeah. really can't see. You know, we've just um, we've just seen the stats for Warsaw, so that might be you know a game there where it's a, a, you mm. know it, it gives us that confidence if we go and win it well, score a lot of goals that we take that into the weekend, and all of a sudden you, you know you're on a run in and out of Europe. So. We just can't say that for, for sure. And I think, obviously, it's like everything in football. We're all guessing and surmising, you know, whatever qualifications we think we have. We really don't know what's around the corner. So, uh, you know, it's like watch this space for the next few weeks and we can all say how great we were and we got it right or we got it completely wrong. Indeed. Last question for you, and I'm not not going to put any pressure on you at all. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, again, we'll go, I, I'm, this may have cropped up before, but I think it's worth taking another look at. So if you were now, if they said, Julian, we've sat Brendan, come in and just sort of, you know, do an ollie, steady, steady the ship for us, what would you do leading up to the game on Thursday against uh, against Warsaw? On Thursday night, depending on availability and fitness, I'd, I'd definitely be going with a three and the wing backs. I'd, I'd definitely have Madison in. As we, you know, like I say, looking at those stats, we can see that, um, you know, they look, they do look a bit vulnerable, famous last words, but they do look vulnerable. Yeah. And it does look like a game where Madison, you know, would be useful. Uh, I'd definitely have uh, Kalichi and, and Vardy up top, but I'm I'm dying to see more of Dakar. I don't know what he's done to not deserve being on the pitch more. I've only mm. seen glimpses of him, which must be very, very difficult for him. But like I say, that game, he came on and he was a natural finisher and he's got pace to burn a bit like Vardy. So it'd be nice to see, uh, you know, and I personally, I'd be looking to, you know, introduce him a bit more. And we've also got a wealth of talent on the bench to come, you know, to come off the bench and, and change the game we want to, you know, in the team that I'm picking. Uh, Perez, Barnes, Luckman, you know, great attacking ability. Uh, you know, young Luke Thomas and, and players like that. So, there is plenty to go out. The 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 back three is a worry, uh, and you, you know, again against a team like that, we shouldn't concede. And again, can we come on, keep a clean sheet, score the goals, and take that confidence into the league form? I mean, keeping a clean sheet, but <laughs> I love your confidence with that one. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I think we've got we've got to go for it, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, as soon uh, if I can see the team go for it, because it is literally a must win. 
and we lose, then I can say, well, we gave it a go. But if we yeah. go out and play this defensive, you know, give that, you know, give them too much respect, I think yeah. he's going to lose even more goodwill. Well, I, I do, Chris. I agree with that. I mean, they should start the game, like I say, as we've seen tonight, the stats, this game, and, and, and it's a must win. So you've got to start on the front foot. And, you know, mm. if the atmosphere is right and that will spur the players on and, you know, a few early opportunities. And I've experienced this myself in bigger games where if you do manage to get on front foot, I mean, someone might blaze one over from 30 yards after a minute, but it still gets an ooh, ooh from the crowd, even if it's hitting the guy serving the hot dogs on the back of the head halfway up the stand. <laughs> yeah. You know, people just want to see that excitement and that, you know, that we're actually yeah. having, a, having, a, having a go at it. So hopefully they start on the front foot, which is exactly what they should do. Uh, yeah. And see where that takes us. Yeah, I'd even have Schluck back and him banging it into Rose's head. <laughs> At least he had a shot. Um, Scott says he doesn't want Brendan to go, but if he does anytime soon, my choices would be Allegri or Diego Martinez, formerly managed. Going, you've got one over me on there. I don't don't know him. I've got to be honest with you. Terry says the only manager I can think of that encourages youngsters, Lampard. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, we. Brookline, how are you popping in at the end there from America? How the devil are you, sir? We have to play Perez. We've not been winning any games without him. You're saying that because you know Brad's not on tonight's show. Um, maybe, though, maybe. You know, you've got a point, Brookline, you know. But, um, <laughs> Scott, you're going to lose any goodwill you've got with Julian here. Julian would probably <laughs> take the last down the local brewery. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, Scott. <laughs> it's called team bonding, I think, absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> for want of a different uh, name for it, yeah. It, back in the day, it was called getting pissed. Now it's called team, <laughs> team bonding. Yeah, Julian, it's not. It's not been a nice one because of the topic, yeah. but I think we can agree that we want Brendan to stay. Yeah, and it's just a blip. Um, we, we we end on agreeing yet again. We've I know, still terrible. not found anything to argue about. But um, thank you so much for um, for coming on as always. Thank you for giving no, up your time, and we'll no, see you next Tuesday. You look after absolutely. yourself. Give my best to your family. Let's have a good week. Cheers, thank mate. You very much. Cheers. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks to Julian there. Yeah. Let's hope we do have a good week. Terry, you've made me feel better there looking at that about Warsaw. Uh, but then if we lose, it's going to make me feel even worse than just losing. Um, Bookline, thanks very much. Um, Perez is like Firmino, says Bookline's. The fans don't appreciate the defence. Yeah, Bookline, you're actually you're winning me over. But you never thought I'd say that, did you? Right. I'm going to leave you just to let you know what is coming up next. It's a double header tomorrow night, starting off at seven o'clock uh, with Craig and myself. Would we'll bring that up, Terry, about uh, <laughs> Warsaw's form. Uh, seven o'clock, it's the preview show, and uh, at nine o'clock, 
another ex-player, Steve Leinitz, will be joining us. He's overtaking me in the prediction show. I'll have to try and get some points back off him. Uh, so 7 o'clock tomorrow, the preview show, where we're looking ahead to the Warsaw game. And at 9 o'clock, the prediction show, when we are looking ahead to the uh, weekend's games. Guys, if you want to see more of my banter or you want to see it again with the other players, with the other fans, I did enjoy it. Uh, it's on TikTok. It is. And my TikTok is LTIDTV. All the letters, LTIDTV on TikTok. Please give me a follow. Would appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, give me uh, give me a subscribe. I would even love you even more. And if you want to catch up with this on podcast, we're all over the place. We are on Spotify, Apple iTunes. Well, we're basically, basically everywhere, don't you know? We are all over there. There you go. Apple, Spotify, Google, Podcast, at the Anchor and more. Or ask your smart speaker to play uh, the podcast Lester Till I Die. Uh, don't know why you've got to say it all, but you have. And like I say, if you're on YouTube, please press that subscribe button, which is down there somewhere. Yeah, down in that corner. And... Um, and and give us a call. It really would help me, and I would appreciate it very, very much. Um, what night is quiz night? I don't know. We haven't got one lined up, but if you want to take part in one, message me on Twitter, at Lester TID, at Lester TID, and we can uh, get you in if you fancy a bit of a non-football quiz challenge that we do these days. Mm-hmm. We will see on that then. See, uh, no, no hammers questions, just general knowledge questions. Well, there might be one or two hammers questions in there. Who knows? Um, with then, let's just see a few more comments to go out tomorrow night. I'm down the pub. Uh, <laughs> we'll miss you. Raise it last to me, mate. Raise it last to me. And you, you're down there with Julian's team bonding, aren't you? Um, Bookline, uh, that black and gold is my favourite shirt. I love it, to be honest with you. I do. I much prefer the stronger colours to the wishy-washy ones. Yeah, but I do kind of like the green one, but I do prefer the, the bolder colours, I must admit. Thanks to everybody that was in the chat. Really appreciate you coming on. As I say... Thanks so much for Julian as well. We'll see you tomorrow at seven or at nine, whichever you can make. We will be, you will be welcome on the first, and you'll also be welcome on the second. Mm, now, are you ready for a Christmas ending, or is it too soon? Too soon, do you think, for a Christmas ending? I think you might be right. See you tomorrow. Good night. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news. Come on, you foxes!
Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. So people are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.